And so the problem is we never have as much money as we want, so we are never as happy as we want. And so we work harder and harder to get more money to, to be happier, but it never works. And we end up just being more worried, more stressed, really exhausted. So what do we do? Just work harder or, or work more or try to find that better job that'll get us more money. Maybe we just need to invest more wisely, or maybe that's like not the answer at all. And we just kind of don't even think about money and, and try to live in a commune or something. That's why we're doing this series how money makes you happy. Because I think there's three steps or three ideas that will allow money to make you happy. Saturday and Sunday. Your favorite weekend in the whole world as a middle school teacher. <laughs> nope, it's not Valentine's Day. Though no, that's kind Your of a second, second favorite. Close. Happy Halloween. Oh, thanks, babe. You You're too. You're welcome. So, this weekend on Sunday, all the kids are going to go out and get candy. And then on Monday, they're going to take it all to school. Yep. Yep. Unless your kids are homeschooled, which they'll just keep at home with you and eat the candy. Or maybe you're without kids. So congratulations, you can keep all the candy to yourself. Or so. give it away to other people's kids. Yeah. Reese's. Am I right? Yeah. All right. One hundred. I'm Monica. This is Aaron. Welcome to Together for Salem. We're so glad you're here with us in our basement. We're starting a new series this weekend. I'll be honest. I really hate the title but money can make you happy. We're off to a good start. So, if you're curious False. about what that means <laughs> and why John is saying that, you should definitely watch this first episode, part to our new series. So right. that's gonna happen in just a moment, but first we're just gonna say hi, yeah. and we're gonna ask you to say hi back. And you can do that using the welcome form on our website, or you can email us at info podcasters. What's up, podcasters? What's up? Uh, it'd be great to hear from you. It'd be great if you would just say hi. We can say hi back. It's a great way to introduce yourself. Uh, we'll send you a free e-gift card just for saying hello. Maybe you want a Bible. Uh, you can say trick or treat, and we'll send you a treat. How about that? No tricks. Please. Unless you. Enough tricks already. This is it. Part one. So there's that old cliche, right? Money can't buy happiness. And we all agree with it. We're like, yeah, money can't buy happiness. But are you sure? Like deep down, are you sure money can't buy happiness? Because think about it, isn't it funny and kind of interesting and a little disturbing how we kind of intertwine happiness with money? See, we know money can't buy happiness, but we definitely all kind of want a chance to try it for ourselves, right? So for many of us, the amount of money we have often correlates to how happy we are. Because, and it makes sense, money offers uh, security and, and safety and freedom and peace, right? And maybe, you know, a little pride and prestige and status on this. I mean, not talking about you, of course, but for others, there's that, right? And so we try to use money to make us happy. 
But the problem is we just end up worrying more and more and being, being more and more afraid of not having enough money. And even if we're doing okay for right now, there's always that kind of looming fear or concern of the, the unknown future. Like, what is, what's the economy going to be like in five years? What should I do with my money and so I'll be happy in five years? Because the life we want, where we, we don't have to worry about having enough, it just kind of always seems out of reach or at least unstable, right? And so the problem is we never have as much money as we want, so we are never as happy as we want. And the result really is one word, greed. And so we work harder and harder to, to, to get more money to, to be happier, but it never works. And we end up just being more worried, more stressed, and really exhausted. So what do we do? We just like kind of forget that part of it and, and keep trying, like just work harder or, or work more or try to find that better job that'll get us more money. Maybe we just need to invest more wisely or maybe that's like not the answer at all. And we just kind of don't even think about money and, and try to live in a commune or something. No, there's actually a better way. And that's why we're doing this series, how money makes you happy, because I think there's three steps or three ideas that will allow money to make you happy. And in this episode, what we're going to find out is this. We experience true happiness when we understand true ownership. And we see this idea play out in an account, a historical account written by the ancient historian Luke, of Jesus talking about money. He talked about money a lot. But here's, here's one account of Jesus talking about money. So Jesus is teaching, right? And he's got this crowd around him. And as he's teaching, some dude blurts out, so verse 13 of Luke chapter 12. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, I don't think I would have called him friend. Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Jesus is like, dude, seriously? Like, have you not been listening to anything I've been saying? Figure that stuff out on your own. I got way more important things to worry about. And then, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And when we hear that life is not measured by how much we own, we all nod and agree, right? Like, yeah, don't be greedy. Those greedy people, they suck. I don't like them. Life isn't, look, you know this, life isn't measured by, by money, but it's measured by how much we live, laugh, and love, right? Which is why we love those movies about that guy who gets, you know, he's all caught up in his job and, and advancing so that he, he ignores his, his family and, and other relationships, right? But then something happens and he realizes that, you know, life's more important than money and, and getting ahead and he makes some changes and he changes into like a generous person who finally gets it, right? Like this, the story of Scrooge or, or Liar Liar or, or Bruce Almighty. I want her to be happy. Maybe just Jim Carrey movies, really. And so we, we watch these movies and, and we read these stories and we agree with them. We agree, yeah, life is way more important than, than just worrying about money. We watch it, we enjoy it, and then we get back to work to make more money so we can have enough to be happy, right? See, we all agree that greed is bad, but still want a little more than we have. And Jesus knew that. And so when he's dealing with greed, he has this time to give a, a, an example of greed. He, again, instead of laying down a list of rules for us to follow, he tells a story. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. 
He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Sounds pretty good, right? Like this guy has a solid retirement plan. He's reached the point that we all hope to reach someday. See, who, who isn't hoping to, to gather enough to be able to sit back, relax, and, and not have to work anymore? How many of us are really just spending our days just waiting for the day we can retire? And maybe a lot of people in Jesus' audience, and maybe a lot of people in this audience, is, is thinking, well, yeah, Jesus is answering that greedy guy who, who wanted him to decide between him and his brother. He's answering him with this thing, like, guy, the key to happiness isn't inheriting stuff and, and hoping something falls in your lap. No, the key to happiness, the key to fighting greed, really, is working hard enough to get enough to live on. Right? The key to, to money making you happy is don't squander what you have. Don't just sit back and hope it happens, but, but work hard and, and be smart and save all you can. That's what Jesus is saying, right? And he's saying you won't be greedy once you have enough. See, you won't be trying to get more because you'll have enough and then you won't try to take from others, right? That's what Jesus is saying, right? Nope. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night then who will get everything you worked for. Whoa! That's kind of extreme, Jesus. This guy works hard and then God kills him for it, right? What in the world is going on? I mean, this guy, this rich man, seems kind of prudent, actually, right? I mean, maybe a little bit selfish, but, but greedy? Like, isn't Jesus supposed to be talking about greed here? What, what's going on? Well, let's, again, look at this conversation the guy has with himself. He says... To himself, what should I do? I don't have room for my crops. I know I'll tear down my barns. Then I'll have room for this to store all my wheat. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away. Be eat, drink, and be merry. See, the issue isn't that this guy prudently saved a little bit so that you know he could have enough to be generous and, and help others. No, the issue is is this rich man saw everything he had as his, and he hoarded it to use it how he wanted on himself. The more we think we own what we have, the more we think we deserve what we have. And the more we think we deserve what we have, the more we think we deserve to have more than what we have. And so this guy's whole line of thinking is flawed, because does he really own what he has? Well, you might say, well, he owns the land, doesn't he? Well, he probably inherited it. That's kind of how it worked back then. He didn't do anything to get it. He was just like firstborn, so he got the land. And he didn't like create the dirt in the land, did he? Well, he worked it. He, he worked hard and he, he, he deserves what he earns, right? Well, first of all, he's a rich man at that time, so he didn't work his own land. He, he probably paid others to work it, so they did the hard work, really. And even if he had done the hard work himself, is it because he's so special and so great and maybe so godly that that's what made him healthy and strong enough to work the land? No. It was not his fault that he's healthy to work land. And by the way, who, who sent the rain to water the crops and the sun to grow the crops and, and kept all the pests away? Did this guy invent photosynthesis in order to, to grow these crops? See, in reality, 
Everything this man had was a gift from God. And it's the same with us. We didn't get what we own on our own. See, what we have is really because God's allowed us to have it. It's a gift from God. God made all those things happen for him, and he took them away just as easily. And so think about it. We don't actually own very much, do we? We're just kind of using it for, for now. We're kind of borrowing it for now. Someday, with everything we have, someday someone else will either spend it, break it, sell it, or throw it away. All those things we spent so many hours trying to accumulate, somebody else will use in some way. And we know that. You know that. Which is why we fear the future, because we know it can all be taken in a moment. See, relying on money only creates fear. And greed is the offspring of fear. Really, it, it's simple. We think money will make us happy. We think money will protect us from the dangers out there, right? But money is impossible to hang on to. It's always just kind of falling through our fingers. And so we're afraid we won't be happy if that actually happens. And so we try to grasp more and more money. It's this vicious cycle that really doesn't bring any happiness. It just produces more fear, which produces more greed. This man was relying on something that wasn't his. He was relying on something that wasn't promised to last. He was relying on something that would never give him what he truly wanted, what he truly needed. He was relying on the gift instead of the source, the giver of everything. See, what we rely on is what we worship. It's what we have faith in. If we rely on it, that's what we have faith in. It's what we're trusting to give us the life we want. And this can happen with a lot of things, not just it can happen with, with whether it's government or our freedom or our rights or people, but especially with money. So Jesus's point here is we don't actually own very much at all. Everything we have can and ultimately will be taken away someday, except one thing. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. See, the one thing you can own that will never be taken away is really what we all want, is really what we, we all need. It's a relationship with our Creator where we are fully known, where we are fully accepted, and where we are fully taken care of forever. It's a love. It's, it's a relationship that the Apostle Paul says nothing and no one can separate from us. Now, I know you're supposed to be nodding right now and being like, yes, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Jesus is so right. But let's be honest, deep down maybe, or maybe not even thinking about it, this idea kind of seems dumb when you apply it to the real life. Like when you apply it to the real world. Like, oh, I don't need more stuff. I just need a relationship with God and then I'll be happy. Okay, God's not gonna buy me a boat. And I agree, this is dumb. If, it's dumb if right now is all there is to our existence. It's dumb if we are just flesh and blood, if we're just material beings in a material world. It's a dumb idea. Because if that's all we are, if that's all this is, then getting as much as we can for ourselves, no matter who gets hurt or, or ignored, should make us happy. Because if this is all there is, then let's get as much as we can for ourselves and enjoy it, right? But we know that's not true. You know there's, there's something more than that. That's why all of us have this inner disgust for the idea of people who, who use others simply to, to get more for themselves or simply to get ahead. That's why we know 
Happiness is about way more than just money and, and stuff and our comfort. See, we all know the truth is happiness is about being known and accepted. True happiness is about being known and accepted for who we truly are. And the only place we can find that perfectly is with the one who made us, with the one who knows us, with the one who loved us enough to die for us. And so when we realize God owns everything, we learn to rely on him for everything. And when we rely on God for everything, it allows us to be thankful for and content with what is given to us. And in that reliance, in that thankfulness, in that contentment, that's where we find happiness. That's where we find peace. And that's where we find joy. It doesn't matter how little we have or, or how much we have. We know that we can trust him and that he cares for us. And so we don't have to worry about money. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you, teleprompter girl. We can keep this in there. I, honestly, this is something I need to hear. Like when I'm writing this, when I'm saying this, I'm like, ah, no, this is dumb. But really, it's true. That's, we need to not focus on relying on money because it's so empty. See, when we rely on God instead of money, we can simply be thankful for and content with what we have and then really find happiness with money. We can use it for good. We're going to talk about that in later episodes. So do you want to be happy? Then the first step in money making us happy is accepting that we don't own it. So my question for you is this. What are you relying on to make you happy? What are you relying on to make you happy? And remember, what we, what we rely on is what we worship. If we choose to rely on money, we'll always be afraid that we won't have enough. But if we choose to rely on God, we will experience peace and joy and always have what we need. We'll always have what we need. There's only one person, only one thing we can truly rely on the owner and the creator of everything, the one who created billions of galaxies and still knows your name, still knows your thoughts, the one who invites you to rely on him, not on things that we can never truly own anyway. And so if you want to try, if you want to find happiness by giving up ownership, I, have, I just have a, a simple prayer that will help you practice that. It's this, when you pray, say, Jesus, Father, God, thank you for what you have given me. And maybe list a few things, especially if you're having trouble falling asleep, which actually happened to me last night and I tried this and it worked. Try to make a list of the things that you are thankful for. Thank you for what you've given me. Make a list. You'll probably fall asleep before you end the list. So thank you for what you've given me and then help me trust you for what I need. And what you'll discover as you thank him, it becomes easier to trust him. Why? Because when you thank him for everything he's given you, you realize how much he already has cared for you, how much you can trust him. And so as you choose to trust him, it becomes easier to thank him. It's a cycle. So enjoy that cycle. Thank him and then trust him. And then as you trust him, you get to thank him for more things. And then read the rest of this story of when Jesus is talking about money. Read the rest of it. Luke 12, 22 through 34. And I think that will really help put us, our minds and our, our hearts in the perspective of we're not the owners and we can trust God with everything. See, money, money's not good. Money's not bad. Money's just a thing. Honestly, money can't do anything. 
What we do with it is the difference between whether it makes us happy or not. If we're always afraid we don't have enough or that we need more, money will always make us fearful and greedy. But if we accept that we don't own it, that whatever we have is a gift from God, we can use money to rely on God, to trust Him, and then, try, and then find real happiness. See, when you accept you don't own anything, you can accept that you are not on your own in anything. Some helpful prayers there to trust God with our money, to show some gratitude, which is awesome. We have a, a bit of a Bible story to finish up uh, watching, reading. So that's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And that's our week. So we awesome. hope you enjoyed part one. Stick around next week for part two. If you haven't subscribed, do that. Yeah, you should do that. Because you know what happens when you subscribe. You get the notification and then you can watch it on the YouTubes. And you, you get remembered. So oh, you can yes. do the rememberings yes. to watch it. Because, you know, life's busy. Oh, yeah. Life comes at you fast. But we know that if you spend some time watching this content, maybe it was helpful. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll want to watch it again. So if you do, subscribe, like, review, rate, comment. What else? Heart. Heart. All the things. Yep. So send us a message. Say hi. Thanks for watching. Two more things. Uh, we are for CASA this month. Mm. We uh, did a CASA giving tree. It's for November, actually. So yeah. starting Monday. Um, but we are helping out our neighbors um, in the CASA community. So they work with foster care kids. There's so many ways that you can help and get involved. We have some links on the website. Check those out. Super easy. They have an Amazon wish list, which is basically Great. the easiest way yeah. you can get a, um, a foster kid some Christmas presents. So click, click, click. Excellent. There it goes. Yeah. But feel it a little bit, you know? Really think about those things you're mm. picking out and feel it. So it's a great way to be generous. The second thing is we have gatherings. Yes, we do. When? The second and fourth Sundays of the month. That's right. So this is the first Sunday of the month, so we don't have one this Sunday, but next Sunday. Yep. Nope. The 14th. Yeah, because October is a five Sunday. Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> So the 14th and the 24th, we'll see you. Is that right? No, no, no. The 14th and the something. Calendar. You'll check it out in right. the show notes. Right, right, right. You're right. Just yeah. look at your calendar. Yeah. First, remember. I finally got it. It only took me like Second and fourth Sunday, yeah, 4.30. Uh, we do dinner at the end, mm -hmm. but we start with some songs, um, maybe an encouraging message. You spoke at this last one, which was fun. You got interviewed, mm -hmm. which was cool. By the John. By the John, our friend John. Mm -hmm. You got interviewed. We didn't record it. Sorry, podcasters. You have to show up for those, I guess. And then... We do live shows only. Yeah. And then we took communion together, those that wanted to. And we had dinner. Mm -hmm. We had some soup. So in November, it'll be a similar format. There's kids' classrooms available. If you haven't been to an in-person gathering, it's a great time to come say hi and meet us. Right. Yep. And that's it. Connect Groups will be discussing the following questions and having a good time doing it. If you're not in a Connect Group, let us know. Mm -hmm. We have room for you. That's right. Thanks, Salem. Stay classy. Stay classy, Salem. <laughs> <laughs>